0: Welcome to How You Spend Your Days. The goal of this show is to explore debt, break down the stigma around talking about money, and share my own journey of becoming debt-free. My name is Colin Loretz, and today for episode 27, we are talking with Todd Clary from Financial Clarity Coaching. Uh, Welcome to the show, Todd.
1: Oh, thank you very much for having me. Slight problem, though. It's Clarity Financial Coaching. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to get the right domain name.
0: That actually goes pretty well with your last name, too. I like yes, it that. does. <laughs> so uh, so you are a financial coach. And I think the biggest thing before we jump into this is uh, what is the difference between a financial coach and uh, like a financial planner? Um, or an advisor. Or, or an advisor, yeah.
1: So the best description I've heard recently is a financial planner or advisor will help you understand how your money behaves in investments, in the market, things like that. Whereas as a financial coach, I help you understand your behavior with money. So we dig into why is it important for you to, you know, go to Starbucks three, mm-hmm. four, five times a week? Why? What are your Im- important goals and are your behaviors in service of those goals? And let's gotcha. dig into that.
0: So it's kind of like what I have been doing with myself on the last twenty six episodes of this show. Yep. <laughs> uh, and I, I imagine there are people who who need that. I mean, for me, I need. I ha, I was like my own. Uh, like I needed to just kickstart it for myself. Like it got to the breaking point. But I think there are definitely people out there who don't realize that they need help. You know, mm-hmm. even a push or a little bit yep. of hope, um, just to know like what is normal, um, or to know what other people are doing out in the world. I think that's a a big deal. Um, and how did you end up? Um, we actually share, I know we both are, are software developers. Um, so how did you, uh, you haven't, you still are a software developer. I'm still a
1: software developer. Um, financial coaching doesn't quite pay all the bills yet. My wife, like I was telling you earlier, my wife and I, we've been married almost 13 years and we have four kids together. That's (laughs) a lot of mouths to feed. Yeah. So I still work as a software engineer. But I found that I like talking with people about money and the wise ways of managing it, using it for the benefit of themselves, their family, their friends, a lot more exciting and energizing than asking computers questions.
0: Definitely. I can see that. I mean, I when you can make something from scratch and code, it is satisfying. But I think the kinds of conversations that we have around money uh, the things that have come up on this show I'm sure the things that you work with with your clients uh, it's just a very different energy and and i've I've really enjoyed it. Um, so what took you uh, down the path of actually becoming a financial coach even on the side which I think is is a very enviable uh, side hustle that you got there.
1: <laughs> so for a while I've known that I didn't want to be a software developer for the rest of my life um, just digging in and understanding code and debugging and trying to understand the systems wasn't that fulfilling i have an analytical mind i can do it pretty well but i've recently discovered how much i love actually just talking and working with other people and even in my first software job out of college i thrived more in a collaborative a collaborative project where i worked with more closely with my teammates instead of just on my own trying to make something work mm-hmm. And it took me a while to really dig into that myself and think about things. And so I was looking around for various things that I could be doing. And I saw ads on Facebook and I would hear ads on, say, Dave Ramsey's radio show about financial coaching. And I thought, wait a minute, that maybe sounds right. Let's let's think about it a little bit. So I, I let it sit for a while, for at least a couple of months. And every time I would think about it, I would try and extrapolate it. and so, say, So say I was successful at this. Mm-hmm. Would I be happy doing that? Can I see myself enjoying that and continuing on? Well, I've wanted to start my own business for a while. I I love talking with people about money, like I said. I love showing them the wise ways to do it so that they have that aha moment and they breathe easier and they're not just running on the treadmills and stuff like that. So the more I thought about it, the more I thought I could be really successful at this. This is bringing in a lot of stuff that energizes me, that I love doing. Let's do it. So, bought into the class. Uh, It's an online class, so I took it over. uh, I took the lessons over a couple of months, and then started up uh, my financial coaching business in May of last year. So, I've doing been doing this for about a year
0: now. Nice. Well, congrats. Yeah, it's it's May now, so it's a one year anniversary for you. Yep. Um, And through that, so you went through David Ramsey's uh, Dave Ramsey's financial coaching program. Um, What I guess, what are the kind of tenets of that in terms of what they teach and What they hope their financial coaches go out into the world and do. So
1: there are three main objectives for a financial coach, at least as taught through Dave Ramsey's coach training. And that is to understand the client's situation wherever they're at. doesn't matter. They could be looking to pay off credit card debt, struggling with sudden IRS tax bills, or just dealing with life kicking them a few times after life has already knocked them down. So we just want to understand the client's situation wherever they're at. And then we want to come in and provide information. So whether that's budgeting or what specific things are, what is term life insurance, what are mutual funds or single stocks, all of the investment vehicles. And then most importantly, inject hope into their situation. Very rarely is someone in as dire of a situation as they think they are in. Very often it's just a matter of, reframing it or having a second an outside perspective come in and say no you don't actually seem that worse off I mean it's going to be hard but I don't think you're in bankruptcy territory yet.
0: I think that's the stigma part of all this is that when we don't talk about money people don't know what normal is they don't know That maybe whatever situation they're in is unfortunately like what most people are in. It shouldn't be normal but it's what most of us are in Uh, and so then they will probably build it up in their heads into something bigger than it is uh, obviously there are things like credit card debt you know in large sums and things that it should be an emergency that you should pay off and mm-hmm. I know that's you know uh, I've I've listened to Dave Ramsey's Total Money Makeover and gone through you know as many steps as I can while still being in debt right
1: well you're on baby step <laughs> I'm two, on baby right?
0: step two and you can't really go past that baby step until that's done so nope um, so uh, you know in my case I've, I've even backpedaled a little bit in terms of having to go back to rebuilding the emergency fund um, and then having situations where life does kick you and you have to use that fund, which thankfully has prevented me from sliding into more credit card debt. Um, so that was good that it was there. But then having to go back to baby step one, uh, which is building an emergency fund, right?
1: Well, building a baby, a starter, emergency, a starter fund, yeah, starter emergency fund of thousand mm-hmm. dollars. And if you really are a person of um, low lower income, then we might make an exception and say, okay, five hundred dollars, right? But most people will fall into the $1,000 range. The uh, the fully funded emergency fund is in baby step three after Absolutely. you paid off all your debt except your
0: house. Yeah, I have uh, never achieved like a full fine, uh, emergency fund. And that, that is something that I look forward to one day. But, uh, yeah, for me, that was the $1,000 emergency fund, um, which was one of the goals that I set, I think, in episode three. Uh, and that has ebbed and flowed as we've been going through this. Um, and then uh I think the other thing that you mentioned is that the financial coaches are also there to offer hope in terms of, you know, light at the end of the tunnel. Uh and then it's not an oncoming journey. train. <laughs> Definitely. Uh and I think making it making people realize that they're it's not as bad as they think, that they aren't gonna have to uh you know, there is a way out. There is a way um, forward is, is important because not everyone is going to get on the mic like this and, you know, take the time uh, and and figure it out. And I think a lot of what I'm doing is the because of my programming background, like I do enjoy building the spreadsheets and creating the models and <laughs> figuring out like, why am I doing the things that I'm doing? And let's hook up you know my my numbers to all the different systems, like, uh, you know, uh, personal capital and mint, and like let's mm-hmm. just see what we're looking at.
1: Well, that's very important. <laughs> you need to see how your behavior is tracking with your plan, right? And that can give a lot, a lot of insight to help you correct behaviors and get you more on the right track. So i've I've tried to teach my clients that you have your budget, and that's really just this is how I plan for the month to go. But the other side of that is you need to track your expenses, every single one of them, put them into the right categories to see, does my behavior match my plan and where do I need to make adjustments?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit in the last episode because we went through a bunch of categories that uh, USA Today was saying were non-essential expenses that people were spending. And I think that's where looking at the behavior and the plan – that is up for you to decide what's essential and what's not essential, right? It's like you can tune, tune some things down, tune some things up. In some cases, but I think when we talk about essentials, those are the things that if
1: you don't have, you likely die.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. I mean, and you need the you need a home to you, live in. You need shelter. Yes, you need you shelter need from the
1: elements. You need food where right. you die. You need – we branch out a little bit. We We talk about the four walls where you have food, utilities – shelter, and transportation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Without those, you either die or find it very difficult to succeed. You need to have some kind of transportation to get to and from some kind of job. Right. You need to have utilities because you may have shelter, but if the heat doesn't work, mm-hmm. you still likely die in the winter. Right? If you don't have food, obviously. So... <laughs> Depending on how you want to define your needs, you can branch off of that. I try to stick to those things when Mm -hmm. I define needs. What do you really need? Right.
0: Yeah. And that's where these categories were the the discretionary categories. They're definitely not Mm -hmm. uh, things like rent. Rent is essential or your mortgage or whatever that might be. Yep. That goes under the shelter part. Um, yeah, definitely. And so um, so that makes it pretty easy. But again, you want to track what reality is versus what you're expecting it to be so that you can make those course uh, adjustments or you're never going to get out of debt or you're no. never going to hit that savings goal or the emergency fund or whatever it is that you're trying to get to. And I think a lot of people do rationalize their spending um, so they feel better about it. Uh, Because they don't tend to have to share that with anybody. Uh, But if you're not going to, you're not going to hit your goals that way. And I think that's where having someone like you or even having, you know, like a confidant that you can talk to about money becomes important because they're almost like your gut check, um, an external gut check.
1: (laughs) I've been surprised how much of an accountability partner I actually end up functioning with some Mm -hmm. of my clients where they may not have another person that they can code to. Um, either because of their life situation or just they keep themselves really busy trying to make sure that they get out of debt and mm-hmm. save up their emergency fund and get to their financial goals. So that's just been really surprising to me over the last year, how much of accountability I can provide and how much that helps someone yeah. when they think – oh man, I'm going to have to tell Todd about this next month. Do I really want
0: to do this? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I guess through all of this, have any of your own like money goals changed after having gone through Dave Ramsey's program and just also working with people with money? How has that informed your own uh, behaviors and how you approach money?
1: It's helped me really focus in on what I need to be intentional about. I've And I told you before, I'm kind of the free spirit spender. Not really the free spirit. I'm kind of the spender in my relationship. Um, And my wife is the saver. So I will spend my money very quickly. But that's something I've had to learn to curb. Because Mm -hmm. there have been months where we we set aside a set amount of money for my wife and I to just have for us to spend on ourselves. And I would go through that in the first week. And then... (laughs) that's it. That's it for the rest of the month. So in working with other people, it's helped me to really focus on, okay, what is really important to me? Do I need X, Y, or Z? Not really. Can I wait and see what else might come up in the month that I might find more desirable? Yes, let's do that. Mm -hmm. So that's how I've been changing my own behaviors.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. And in your blog, um, which you can find at financialclaritycoaching.com, you have this article that I really liked called uh, Shop Twice, uh, Spend Once. Um, Can you kind of give us the the high level of that?
1: So the high level is in contracting work you have, or woodworking or Mm -hmm. anything that you're doing where you might actually saw something in half, you have the principle of measure twice, cut once. You don't want to screw up the cut. You want to make sure that you are doing the right cut at the right length. And I thought, well, what if we extend that into other areas? Could we extend that principle into our own personal spending or our own money management? And it turns out you can. It turns out the a lot of the fun about spending money comes in the shopping, looking around and seeing the possibilities and having your, your neurons all light up at all the possibilities. Oh, mm-hmm. wouldn't this be cool? And I can do that with this thing. And that's a lot of the fun where sometimes if you bring that thing home and you then you it sits in your house and you never do the thing that you thought was so awesome with it and that and then the buyer's remorse kicks in and you feel bad and then you end up selling at a garage sale for a quarter of what you paid for it in the first right. place. So if you just stop for a little bit and say, This is a thing that I want now, I'm gonna wait. Maybe it'll be a thing that I want later, and if it is a thing that I still want later, then maybe it's the better time to buy it. And that's the shop the second time which you get all of the fun things of shop, excuse me, shopping again. But you might make a wiser purchase in the end so your money is being more effective and you don't feel as bad by buying yet another piece of useless junk.
0: Right, yeah. And a lot of people do uh, feel like they spend, especially around shopping, as a form of boredom or an activity, a hobby. And that, I think, is where if you are trying to make some kind of financial goal, whether it's saving or getting out of debt, unhooking spending money from being a hobby or an exercise that you do is probably a wise thing. Um, For me, one of the things that I do is I actually use like Amazon wish lists a lot, where I'll put something on a list or I'll put it in my to do list or something like that, as a thing that I'm considering, and then it'll sit there for a while. And I may not physically go to a store, right, going to Amazon or whatever that might be. Um, but letting it sit there and kind of just figure out like do I actually want that or was, you know, was I just shopping around mindlessly online. Um, and I've even gone a step further where I actually don't have Amazon Prime anymore. Um, so you can't get it tomorrow. <laughs> we've made the same actually
1: we've made the same move actually. We we no longer have Amazon Prime Prime and I do the same thing. I put a lot of stuff on a wish list and mm-hmm. then as the money comes in, I look and see what here is really useful. So right. mostly I'll be using it for books on leadership or other ways to help persuade or influence and be a better salesman because mm-hmm. as a software engineer, salesman is not really in our repertoire right. of skills.
0: And, and you're I, doing this for growing your your yes. side business, yeah. Yeah, yes. I want
1: I want to be doing financial coaching full time in mm-hmm. the future, and so I need to learn more about Sales. Right. How, do, how does a good salesman perform and how do I get people not o- to buy into me, not only for my success, but for their own success too? Because I'm not in it just for me. Right. I've helped clients. I've helped clients. They're the ones that have done all this, but I've just helped them pay off almost or a little over $30,000 over the last year nice. over all my clients. Oh, that's great. And whether that's from just wanting to pay off a little bit of credit card debt to looking at this massive mound of new debt from life kicking you a few times and then saying, gosh, what are we going to do? Do we need to dip into retirement savings to start attacking this? And it turns mm-hmm. out they don't have to.
0: That's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think the other thing that I've done is also just make it harder. Um, and we've talked about this in the past with um, the book Atomic Habits is that if there's something you're trying to unlearn, like, make it have a few more steps than it needs to so that it's just that much more painful in time or energy to actually do the thing and so i have no credit card on file with amazon um and you know obviously also not carrying around my credit cards that i'm trying to pay off so that i'm not tempted i haven't gone as far as cutting them up um not yet (laughs) not yet i still have them um but they're you know they're not allowed to come around with me when i go out and so you know, Making sure that those are isolated and, and I'm not tempted is, is a big thing for me. Um,
1: well, good. Congratulations. Yeah, That's, that you. is a big step. I mean, you may not have gone all the way to cutting them up, but at least keeping the temptation away from you is a big step forward mm-hmm. in the right direction.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I it's interesting to think about, too, like once I'm out of this, if I'm going to... Right now, I feel like I don't want credit cards ever again. I'm um, right there with you, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll see if it if uh, if I can actually learn the behaviors to use credit cards in the way they're supposed to be used. Well, rather, the way that you can use them smartly versus the way that credit cards want you to use them is they want you to maintain mm-hmm. a balance. But, um, you know, and I'll address that once I get to that, that zero point. But
1: first, first, you've got other things to take care of. Definitely. I haven't uh I haven't listened to all of your previous episodes, so I haven't done all of my proper research before coming on. So I want to ask you, how's your IRS?
0: Yes, so that is steadily I'm just paying it like I'm supposed to every month. Um right now it's I'm paying a thousand dollars a month to towards that. Um, and I have not fully, uh, I actually have an extension for this last okay. year, so I'm going to be filing 2018 taxes, uh, in about a week or so. Okay. And so that number will change. Unfortunately. I might,
1: I might encourage you to, uh, put that at the top of your list mm-hmm. and try and hit that even harder just because while similarly, you're trying to put extra steps to make it harder for you to use your credit cards. The IRS does not have the extra step right. of going through the course to get to your pay, to get to your income in right. any kind of meaningful way so getting them off your plate sooner that's the basically the one exception i give to my clients is we'll, we'll follow the debt snowball yeah smallest to largest regardless of interest rate unless you are in debt to the irs right Put that at the top and get that one paid off as fast as you can
0: yeah, the biggest reason I want that to go away too is I just would love to not ever receive another letter from them, uh, <laughs> especially or if it's you know a refund that would be fantastic. But a right now would be wonderful. those are never refunds; they're all bills, and so just I mean I already have a better relationship with the IRS. They they know and I know what we owe, and that's good. Um, good. I pay them on time. I'm not freaked out by the letters that I get. I open them, I read them, I process them, and so that's that's a good, good. thing. Good. Um, but yeah, I mean, part of that, we talked about this a little bit too, as a freelancer, my uh, income has always been a little, my cash flow has been irregular. Up. Yeah. And so I would love to be able to say like, I want to pay more than $1,000 a month towards that. Um, but right now that's where, right now that's like the the, the height of what I can do. Reasonably without having to like really mess up cash flow work. That's
1: still pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, When my wife and I were going through baby step two, the last thing we had was a van that we bought in 2011 Mm. because that was when our first child, not our first, our third child was born. And well, a four person car wasn't going to cut it anymore. So we went and bought a Toyota Sienna used, but even still a used with there was a significant amount of money on that car loan. But we were paying $1,000 a month toward the end to get that thing paid off. Gotcha. And then we were done. Now the only thing we have left is a house that we're putting on the market, and then we will have no debt.
0: Very cool. Did you go through those steps before you did the financial coaching, or is that yes. that's part of it? Okay. Yeah.
1: My wife and I have been following this more or less since about 2011. Okay, My wife told me, hey, we should probably start doing this thing, and pointing me at Dave Ramsey. And everything made sense to me in my head. I knew credit cards were a bad idea, but you had to use them right. smartly, as you said, <laughs> And I thought I could do it better. Right. And I realized that when I thought I could do it better, I was trying to make excuses to do the things that I wanted to do and not the things that would be the best for my family. Mm -hmm. So I got finally on board a few years ago. I forget exactly the time frame. And so we we paid off that van. We started putting money away in an emergency fund. Then that got done. And we're on baby step four right now, which is tricky. Because we're currently renting a 20-year-old house that everything is breaking in.
0: Gotcha. <laughs> so you are renting a house while selling the house that you own. The
1: house that we're selling is in Oregon. Okay. That's where we uh, lived before we moved to Reno back in 2012.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah, that's cool to see that you went through the steps and then were inspired by the steps enough to... Go down this path of becoming a financial coach to help others. I think that is one of the things that was big reason why I started this show. Was most of the tools out there are from people who have done it, but it ends up looking like a really large leap to get from where I was to being you know in a more financially fit place. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, that that date that weekly tracking of you know always looking at it, always talking about it, not ignoring it i think we've missed two episodes since i started this in october which is not too bad ideally i'm gonna hit every every week but um every week that i do this episode it means i'm paying attention to my money even more than i normally would and so uh so i want listeners out there to also hold me accountable to that and i do when there's no episode i get messages about where is it um what are you doing out there and Heck, man, you didn't tell us we, you were going
1: on vacation.
0: <laughs> exactly. So um, and that, that'll that be a whole nother topic, right, is is how, how, how and if you go on vacations and things when you when you have this kind of goal uh, and how you can do that. Like I did go on a trip this weekend, but it was, you know, we drove um, a bunch of us shared an Airbnb like it was much uh, more affordable than, you know, going on. What most people pictured a vacation to be, mm-hmm. right? So, um, so yeah. Our I vacations
1: like end up being just traveling to visit family. Mm-hmm. We haven't done a big one, though. My wife and I did do a big one at our, on the year of our 10 year anniversary. We, we went and actually spent some money to go on an Alaskan cruise.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah. Dump the are...
1: kids off with my parents and. <laughs>
0: Yeah, those are milestones worth celebrating. So, uh, was, and I think but that we
1: we were out of debt at that point, and we had we had the money together, and so we paid for the whole thing in cash, and mm-hmm. we it was just an amazing experience, and it didn't follow us home for any length of time.
0: Right. Yeah. So you'd planned for it. Oh yes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I think that's where when, like you mentioned, like people think that they can do it better. And even reading the books, it's like almost everything that's recommended is pretty obvious. Mm -hmm. Um, But we all think we can do it better that it doesn't apply to us uh, that we'll have more willpower than most people. And we'll pay off the balance and all of that. And then Mm -hmm. one month slips into two and, and then we wake up and, you know, have to take our head out of the sand. But um, yeah. And I guess, are there any big takeaways uh, other than your own personal ones that you've seen just in working with your clients, tips or anything for listeners who have either big goals of either getting out of debt or uh, creating that emergency fund so they can operate out of uh, abundance instead of scarcity.
1: I think the most general takeaway I've found is if there is something that you want to achieve, make sure, one, you really want to achieve it and start removing the distractions And making effort to move toward that, even little steps, because those little steps will give you a little bit of momentum and you can move forward with that. And eventually you'll get, you'll just, you'll change your whole lifestyle. I used to spend most nights playing video games, like all night. And now, and barely spending any time with my wife in the evening because you go to work, you come home, the kids need attention and there's not a whole lot of energy. I've switched that around because that was wrong. So now I spend most nights with my wife and only a few nights playing video games, at least until the computer caught fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when you have those goals, be realistic with yourself. Set them and start looking at what do I need to be doing to get there? And if I'm not willing to do those steps, then is this goal really that important to me? And if it's not, then what is really important? Is there something that's something more important on the way there that you could set your focus on. Maybe that'll help you get there. Mm -hmm. Or you need to change goals. And that's a conversation that you should always be having with yourself and maybe your significant other or other people that you're close to just to move forward in a positive direction.
0: Definitely. And it's almost like taking the snowball method approach to goals instead of credit cards. I think that is the biggest thing is like even for me, while it doesn't feel like I'm making that big of a dent because the credit cards are still, you know, there, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm, but I'm paying the IRS. Like to me, that I mean, it, I don't see it as much as I see the credit card debt. Um, but it's still something that, like you said, had to be done. It's the top yeah. of mind thing. Um, but for me, the first step wasn't even that. It was find out what place I'm in, right? Mm -hmm. It was to inventory all the things that I'm spending money on, inventory all of my debts, figure out, you know, what interest rates I'm paying on what cards, and really just get a state of the world. And then after that, it was what's the next goal and the next goal. Mm -hmm. Um, And it still doesn't feel like, even though we've been doing this uh, for, I guess, almost uh, six months, that it doesn't feel like I made that much progress, but I'm in a much better place mentally. It (laughs) always feels
1: that way. If you ever get a mortgage, you feel the same way. If you actually look at the statements and you see 75% of your payment went to interest and you just barely feel like anything's happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can definitely understand that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That is not something that I've, I've experienced having a mortgage yet, but, um, It's it's something that thankfully this won't take 30 years to pay off. Um, I I mean, I could see how for some people it might uh, Mm -hmm. if they don't take it, um, you know, take control of it. Um, but I am excited to, you know, continue creating goals and, and just inch forward. Uh, and what I really get excited about doing this show is also having people reach out like you. Um, you, you know, were referred to me through someone else in Reno who's listening to the show, which mm-hmm. uh, I love to hear from people who are listening to the show. Um, and the other thing that we've been talking about is just that uh, we've also seen a lot less men interested in talking about money. And so... I appreciate you reaching out. Um, but if you are uh, a man, especially single men or uh, really uh, even dads, I would love to hear kind of how you approach money uh, in your family. Uh, How you look at money if you are single and, you know, maybe you don't have any dependents and you don't have as many uh, obligations in life. Because it's still worth talking about because it's very easy to rack up credit card debt and try to, you know, keep up with the Joneses or have that checklist that you're trying to uh, accomplish with what you're spending money on. We can
1: rationalize an awful lot, especially if we don't have any kind of accountability Mm -hmm. toward what we publicly state is where we want to be in, you know, X amount of time.
0: Definitely. Yeah. And I would say in addition to having that small goal, telling that goal to another person it, or even putting it on the internet, like we're doing here <laughs> is enormous. Um, you know, I, I use the same thing for races. I'm a runner. And so signing up for a race, you know, is really the best way to keep me running because the race is not going to go easy on you just because you didn't do the work. Uh, and so you want to show up to that prepared. And so being able to state, you know, what that is. I know one of the criticisms of getting out of debt is that a lot of people don't know their debt payoff date. And that's not something I actually know what that exact day is. And so that's some homework that I need to do. Mm-hmm. But really figuring out and then stating that and putting the flag in the ground and then, you know, marching towards that, I think is a big deal. So
1: it would be a big deal. Yeah. I give you that goal. And it might uh, encourage you to cut a little bit deeper just to make that sooner. Make yeah. That date sooner.
0: Yeah, if I once I realize how far out it is, <laughs> uh, yeah, and I like I think I know around when it is, but I think I might be optimistic in my head too. I like I think it's the end of twenty twenty, uh, which would be about a year and a half from now. Um, but I need to actually sit down and calculate that. So um, yeah, so I think that'll probably wrap it up for here. Is there anything else that you want everyone to know about, or anywhere that people can find you?
1: All I'd like to tell people is that if you feel like there's too much month at the end of the money, or if you make a lot of money, but you always feel broke and you don't know what to do, give me an email, give me a call. Let's sit down. I offer complimentary consultations for you become my client just to understand you, where you're at, how you got there, where you want to go and how I can help you get there. This is all about, I'm just the guide. I only show up to help you along your path help you craft your plan to get to where you want to go. This is not Todd's five steps to make you happier and happier with money. This is Jane's five steps. This is John's five steps. This is however, whatever your goals are, let's craft your plan to get you there as quickly as possible.
0: Awesome. And where can people find you if they want to reach out?
1: So I have a website. It's financialclaritycoaching.com. And you can find me there. There's a link to schedule a a complimentary consultation there. You can find my blog that I haven't kept up with even (laughs) more than you. You've missed a few. I haven't written to that thing in months. And you can also email me at todd.clary.cfc at gmail.com.
0: Awesome. Yeah, creating content uh, is a whole nother ballgame. Um, staying on top of it is like staying on top of getting out of debt. So mm-hmm. um, so kudos to anyone out there who is putting out content on a regular basis. Um, it is, uh, it's something that's fun to do, but it takes some work. So uh, and again, thanks for listening. Uh, if you love what you're hearing, uh, we'd love if you could pass the show on to a friend who might be trying to get out of debt or hit uh, big financial goals in their life. Uh, And as always, if you could leave a review, it helps other people find the show in iTunes and Spotify. Uh, And we will catch you next week for episode 28. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Music in this episode from Blue Dot Sessions.